trees. Decorate the house with lights at night. Snow's on the ground, snow white so bright. In the fireplace is the Yule log. Beneath the mistletoe as we drink eggnog. The rhymes that you hear are the rhymes of Gerald. Like each and every year we bust Christmas carols. Christmas carols. Classic at Madison Square Garden. Um, check that out. Um, college football playoff rankings come out tonight, 9 o'clock. We're going to be here for that. We're going to let you know what we think before the rankings come out at 9. Um, we already got our rankings. We just posted them up on Twitter. Um, you can check that out. We're going to talk some um, college football tonight. We're going to get into it a little bit deeper than uh, the usual. We're going to talk about Florida State, their situation with Willie Taggart. Um, just let him go. Um, we're going to talk uh, about why Clemson is, is getting disrespected by everybody, me included. We're going to talk about that. We're going to get into the NHL for my hockey people. I got y'all covered. We're going to definitely talk some NBA. Uh, Steph Curry's out with a broken hand. Now the Warriors are going to be uh, really trying to make it happen now. We'll talk about that too, man. So, a lot going on, man. Action packed show, man. Wacko Bob is in the building. We're going to talk some NFL. We're going to get into that. And the Miami Dolphins do too much by beating the Jets. And um, you know how we give it up, man. So if you want to check us out, you got something you want to add to the conversation, man. 954 246 is the mathematics, all right? Okay. Boom. We're going to set it off, man. College football, all right? Because, um, you know, we like to get ahead of the curve. So if you follow, uh, follow me on Twitter at RMDesk, I dropped the uh, four, what, what, what we think, what I think over here, um, how it's going to um, shake out as far as the first college football playoff rankings are concerned. Uh, I got LSU at number four, man. I, I, I'm just thinking that, you know, for me, LSU really hasn't done much. Their Waterloo game is coming up this weekend against Alabama. We're going to see what all the hype is about. And you know I agree I mean? with you on this. Go ahead, Bob. I agree with you on this. I know where you're going with this. I yeah. think you're trying to, I yeah, think you're every, trying to you know, give too much too soon. Everybody's really on LSU. I'm not mad at them. Everybody, you know, Joe Barrow, you know, that defense is, is, is decent. They went through some things against Auburn. I watched that game. Um, I'm not trying to take anything away from LSU, but what have they really done yet? You know what I'm saying? I got LSU at number four. I got Clemson at number three. And, yeah, I, I really, you know, defending national champions, notwithstanding all of that, I get it. You know what I mean? But I think out of all the teams that we really could really even consider for, um, you know, in the college football playoff rankings right now, um, Clemson has had the closest call. They were playing at North Carolina. It came down to uh, the Tar Heels, Mac Brown, making a decision to go for two. 
They didn't make it. Clemson survived by the skin of their teeth, okay? But to me, I said that, that when, when I'm, I'm sitting there watching that game, I said Clemson needed to go through that. Clemson needed some adversity, you know what I mean? So they went through it. But then it just seemed like everybody just kind of like started dumping on Clemson. Like, Clemson is garbage. Clemson stinks. You know, Kelly uh, uh, Lawrence is throwing, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence is throwing too many interceptions. And it's not the same team. They're relaxed. They're complacent. Uh, Dabble Sweeney, you know, he, he doesn't know what's going on. And Clemson is just getting disrespected. I put them in number three, man, because I think that the two teams ahead of them, are simply playing better football than Clemson right now. And I think that the two teams that I have ahead of Clemson um, could beat Clemson on a neutral field. Okay? We got Ohio State at number two. All right? Um, they're doing their numbers. Okay? Um, you know, they're not worried about the, the situation. Urban Meyer, that, that, that's in the past. You know, they're doing their thing right now. So shout out to Ohio State. And Alabama at number one. I still got Alabama at number one. I think that, um, you know, them having, you know, you know they beating a decent Texas A&M squad. You know what I'm saying? Well, let's um, look at this another way here, too. Let's look at this another right, way here, too. You know, LSU, too much too soon. I'm not disrespecting LSU too much too soon. For Trevor Lawrence, this is perfect for him. This is perfect for him. You know, get humbled. As you perfect your craft, as you're perfecting your craft you do, to go to the NFL, Trevor Lawrence, you, you you stand the chance at being the next Joe Montana in the NFL. Keep up the work and let, and let and do not go in as a junior into the NFL draft. Have all four years perfect your craft. You're going through a tough time here now. You're going through a real challenge. Now it's time for you to really really move yourself out of that challenge. And I agree with you. Alabama should be number one. And I'll tell you right now, they will be number one after they face and probably beat LSU. Yes. I I feel like, you know what, this is, you know, everybody talked about LSU. um, And I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. But, again, like I said, what have they done, man? They beat, you know, they had a tough game against Auburn. You know, um, know, they won it as they should have. You know what I'm saying? But, again, at the end of the day, man, um, you know, I'm looking at LSU kind of like the same way people looked at Georgia the past couple of years. And people could take that as a, as, as a slight if they want to, but people were bigging up Georgia like Georgia was going to come and just mop the floor with everybody. They was going to take over, you know what I mean, as the kings of the SEC, and it didn't happen. And they had Alabama beat twice. They had Alabama beat twice last year. And didn't get it done. So I'm looking at LSU. Everything is, you know, could we say, could we say that the, the the rankings came out a week too early or just in time? Like, what do you think? I would almost say a week too early. Get past ah, these bigger yeah. games, you know. what I mean, yeah. Remember before they did these playoffs, you know how they had these little bowl games that they would do before the bowl rankings, and that's what they need to have with each and every respective division. Have your smaller poll games that are that are favorites to your divisions and your regions and whatnot. Because that's what's well, going to set up your Super Bowl. Just, just just like just like you know what it is with uh, the you know with with your major bowl games you know. But one of them that was your major bowl game, the Rose Bowl, always stayed the same. 
Big Ten face Pac-12. Right, right, okay, I see where you're going. I see where you're going. So, I mean, you know, you got, you know, the only conference I think that really doesn't have a um, conference championship per se, I think is the um, is the is the Big 12, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, the Big 12. Do they have a conference championship? I don't know if they do or they don't. I like think I the said, Big 12 is the only, the only conference that doesn't have a um, conference championship. But see, my reason, again, like I said, last year when Georgia played Alabama, I think they played them in the SEC championship and they played them in the college football playoff. See what I mean? So, again, you know, you got, you know, teams from the same conferences. I'm not mad at that. You know, the, and the SEC is a powerhouse. You know what I mean? So, you know, if it's not Alabama this year, it'll be LSU. If it's not LSU, it'll be Georgia. If it's not Georgia, it'll be Auburn. You know what I mean? So it's always about the SEC all the time. But I think in this case, um, Alabama has, you know, done enough to, to hold that spot down. And we'll see Saturday. We'll see Saturday, Wacko, if they've done enough. You know what I mean? Because, you know, um, a champion has to face adversity, man. And, and Clemson has faced their adversity this season against North Carolina on the road. And they, and they did what they had to do to win that game. Now, if they would have lost, they'd be out the picture. Clemson would be done. You know what I mean? And we'd be probably talking about like a Penn State or something like that. So when you talk about Penn State, you look at Penn State, Big Ten, they, have, they still have to see Ohio State. You know what I mean? So, again, however you slice it, if it involves teams that's in a conference, then they have to eventually see each other. They haven't played yet, and that's the beauty of it. You know what I mean? Because, like we say, somebody's lying. You got LSU and Alabama in the top four. Somebody's lying. Somebody's going to get knocked out. Saturday, somebody's getting knocked out the play. I don't see Alabama losing and still being in the top four, Wacko. That's the thing. We can talk about that, too. You know what I'm saying? And here's the big thing. I go for, yeah, I go for, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Here's the big thing, you know. I mean, if, uh, if Alabama were to lose this one, it would be a big disappointment right. for Nick Saban because Nick Saban is normally usually used to having a competitive match against a team very early and finding ways to win again, win all throughout the rest of their schedule just to get themselves back into the playoff picture. And, you know, and that's really what Nick Saban does. If he were to lose this, the playoffs are over, and Nick Saban's uh, going to be considered almost a coaching dog instead of a coaching god. I mean, you know, I think that, you know, their strength of schedule, as far as Alabama is concerned, it could be a problem if they lose to LSU. Um, I think that, you know, if, even if they do manage to go 13-0, and um, I think that, um, you know, that's really not going to matter too much because this is what we, you know, it's like part for the course. It's like the Warriors, how the Warriors used to be. We knew the Warriors were going to win 65 games easy. You know what I'm saying? So Alabama is going to have to really, really you know, hold that spot down. If they want that spot, they're going to have to beat LSU on Saturday. Because if they don't, like you said, their playoffs are over. It's a, it's a wrap for them. But as far as LSU is concerned, I think that um, LSU, man, I think well, you know what they got going on, you know, they, they got rested up. You know, uh, it's going to be an important game for them. You know, um, you know, LSU, they do have two wins better than any win that Ohio State has. You know what I mean? But I think that, you know, their overall strength of schedule is, is it might be a little bit worse than that of Ohio State, whatever that means. 
You know what I mean? Because Ohio State's in the Big Ten. They play, you know, your Michigans and your Penn States, and the LSU is in the SEC conference. So, you know, take you know, pick your poison. You know what I mean? But as far as, you know, Ohio State, you know, um, you know, they had a week off too. You know what I mean? So I think that um, they're killing everybody. They're killing everybody. Ohio State beat Wisconsin, which was considered a top 15 team, a top 10 in some people's eyes, and they beat Cincinnati. Okay, by a combined score of eighty to seven. Okay, and the next two games that they play, Ohio State plays. They play against Maryland and they play against Rutgers. So this is like scrimmage games for them. Just getting ready for the college football playoff. And they and and, and like remember we talked about this a couple of years ago, Wacko, when we talked about as far as playing college football, you had to really scrape a team. It's got to get back to that. You can't win uh, twenty eight to twenty four. You're going to have to win, like, 65 to 7. You're going to have to really stomp on the team. You know what I mean? You oh, have yeah. To, yeah, you got to do the business. You got to. You know, I mean, you know, you can't, you, you got to make it, you got to make it look like you own them. You know, and, what, right, and, right, uh, right. and, and when you look at that second half of, you know, the, the uh, Hurricane Seminoles game, that second half, you know, especially when you got into the fourth quarter, the Seminoles were just owned. I mean, right, you know, right. and that's the type, but that's the type of thing, and I'm, we're not getting into that yet. I know that, but that's the mm-hmm. type of thing that's going to have to go on practically throughout an entire game if you really want to prove yourself to be, you know, in, at a level to where you want to be in this playoff hunt. Right, um, but I think that you know you, you you still have enough teams and enough quality teams that are undefeated. You know what I mean? That could really that could sneak up in there. Um, look at Penn State. You know, I think that there's any threat to what Ohio State is doing in the Big Ten is Penn State. You know what I mean? But Minnesota is 8-0, Wacko Bob. The Minnesota Golden Gophers are 8-0. So, again, I think that, you know, it's going to be tough even for Penn State. Penn State is going to have to mock Minnesota, and that's not going to be easy. And and Minnesota's in the same conference. So they're playing for, you know, uh, a spot maybe in the Big Ten championship. And they're playing for college football playoff ranking. So these games are like, like you said, mini playoff games. They're like mini playoff because if you win, you you good. If you lose, you're done. But you have to win to impress some people. That's what you got to do. Your win has to be impressive. You can't win by, you know, a, a, a late field goal or, you know, stopping the other team from going for two. You, it can't be close. It can't be no question about it. No question. That's what championships are for when you win close like that. That's what championship games are for. <laughs> but I mean, look at you know, look at teams like let's let's talk about some other teams real quick before we get into what we're gonna talk about. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, the LSUs and Ohio States and Alabamas and the Clemsons. What about a team like Oregon? Okay, nobody really talks about the Pac twelve. You know what I mean? Um, they gave you know, they beat the hell out of USC. Okay, um, you know, remember they lost it. They lost to Auburn the first game of the season. So does that really hold water now, Wacko Bob? With the way that Oregon's playing out in the Pac-12, does that loss to Auburn early in the season hold weight? You know what I'm saying? In case you know uh, a couple of teams ahead of them lose on Saturday, because that might happen. At least one team is going to lose. At least one might be two. 
So then you got to worry about the teams that's like on the peripheral, on the outside looking in, waiting for somebody to lose so they can slide in. No, you're one. You're one hundred percent right. You're one hundred percent right. It's gonna be crazy, man. Uh, Mr. Zappin for the review, man. Two point oh, aka the sideline pass. We are in the building. We getting busy. Me and my man Waxo Bob. We talking this college football thing. Um, Florida State, man. Um, Florida State let go of um, Willie Taggart um, earlier this week, and I mean, you know, it was. <laughs> I hate to say it, but you know, real is real. It was bound to happen. You know, I, I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't let him at least um, finish out the season, you know, knowing what they was you know, going through. It wasn't like Florida State was going to be in the, in, in the football uh, rankings or even a, a top 20. You know what I mean? They're not going to do that. But I just think that, you know, Florida State realized that they had to, you know, hurry up. Realizing that, you know, hiring Willie Taggart was, you know, not, you know, the best move for them. Um, but you know what? I think that, you know, I know at least they didn't fire Willie Taggart because Urban Meyer is available. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I just think that, you know, there's a lot of candidates out there. And if you weren't going to give uh, Willie Taggart at least three years, why hire him in the first place? You know, I mean, even though you did, you know, um, you know, out because he left. You know what I mean? I think he went to Texas A&M. You know what I mean? And, and again, you know, he tried to, you know, talk bad about Jimbo Fisher, but he did what he, he did what he did for Jimbo Fisher. Then you turn around and hire Willie Taggart, like on some, you know, let's, let's call it what it is or some rebound stuff, you know? And I don't think, you know, with a school with a pedigree like Florida state, you know, um, should have really, you know, even hired Willie Taggart. That's not a disrespect to Willie Taggart, but you can eat it how you want to eat it. You know what I mean? Cause we know what Florida state, football means. You know what I mean? Um, six years ago, Florida State won the last BCS championship. We was talking about that behind the scenes, me and Wackle Bob. You know what I mean? So that's where we are that's where we are with Florida State right now. Six years ago, they won the last BCS championship game, Florida State. So, you know, how you know, and six years ago, you know, Alabama was still in the mix. You know what I mean? So again, how does it, you know, a football factory? Because you could name off all the names, Charlie Ward, Deion Sanders, you know what I mean? Bullware. You could, you could name off a whole bunch of guys for Florida State. You know what I mean? But, um, again, man, you know, um, I think that, you know, what, what Florida State did, I think it was a little bit hasty. I'll say it like that, you know. Um, again, I don't think that, you know, um, Willie Taggart, you know, did enough to save his job. You know what I mean? Um, you know, he, he, he did his thing at Western Kentucky. He turned South Florida around. You know what I mean? He was doing his thing, you know, when he was uh, assistant for Jim Harbaugh at Stanford. Um, he did his thing in Oregon. And then he just said, you know what? The, the job came up and boom, he's going to jump at Florida State. I'm not mad at him. But was he in above his head? <sighs> you know, Florida, Florida State's got more has bigger problems than, than you know, a coach. They really did. The coach really isn't the problem. Jimbo Fisher wasn't the problem there. There's a lot happening beyond the coach in, in FSU right now, where the, where the football program goes. 
the problems within the program itself, you know, and that's it. Okay. All right. I mean, when you say the program, do you mean from top to bottom? Do you mean like as far as you know, uh, the the team on the field, or do what? Do, what do you mean? Elaborate on that a little bit. When you say I'm, I'm looking at more of the alum. Program. What do you mean? I mean more of the alum period. The alum more than anything else. You know, the boosters, you know, the ones that are really, re- really the ones ones who really are, you know, the ones that really are not, that are really looking for something, you know. I mean, I think, you know, because, you know, Flor- Florida State does have talent on the field, you know, and I don't think, I don't think Jimbo Fisher was at fault for any of the problems when Florida State was not getting it done. Jimbo Fisher left because he could he, because he couldn't turn that thing around anymore. He could, you know, so there there was something, you know. He he went to another college, you know. He went to another team, you know that you know that you know is just gonna that probably has a better better situation as far as its boosters and whatnot. There's something bigger going on, going on there, you know. That's not the coach and it's not the players, players. It's FSU system. Period. Period. And that's and that's it. You know, there's something because something something is happening that. That I just don't think that the you know that that's making it adjustable for anyone anyone who comes in or anyone who was in there. Like I said, could be right. with the boosters. Well, I think that you know, um, that the SEC is you know has to keep that reputation up. Now they got they got to save face. I think that you know Florida State has been you know in our in, in, you know as far as you know we've been alive at least the last twenty years has been uh, a powerhouse team. Um, now you know you, you don't want to see a team like Florida State be um, considered a weak a weak a weak link, and that's what Florida State is at right now. Um, I think Florida State has to really you know they have to hit a home run um, to use some baseball language um, with their next hire. I don't know who that's going to be. I have no idea um, who would want to step into that situation because, again, um, Willie Taggart didn't get three years. And like you said, um, the uh, it's not the problem wasn't on the field so because they have, they have a talented team. But I think that, again, the problem didn't start with Willie Taggart. You know what I mean? So, again, at the end of the day, um, whoever they have or whoever they get, it's going to have to be somebody that's going to you know, get respect from the boosters, and, and and somebody that you know not the boost somebody that the boosters are going to just accept. You know what I mean? Um, because you know, let's keep it real. I think a lot of the boosters just accepted Willie Taggart as a hire. You know what I mean? Um, so again, I think that whoever they get now is going to command that respect and demand that respect from you know the players to the the his staff to the boosters, to everybody. So, again, Florida State is in is kind of like in a, in, in a state of flux right now. They don't know what the hell is going on. You know, you know who would be good in that uh, position? You know who would actually be good in that position? And people may disagree with me here, but I think you would actually be good in the position of head coach and running the, running the football operation for them would be a guy like Dave Wanstat. Um... I think Dave wants that as a good name if he if he would want to come back to coaching like that because I think he did he did his thing at Pittsburgh when he was coaching at Pittsburgh. 
So, I mean, you know, that, that would be, you know, a familiar place for him, like as far as college is concerned. Um, yeah, I mean, they wants that at Florida State. Ah, the, 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 the atmosphere would definitely change. The, the atmosphere would definitely be different. I think that that, you know, um, could it work? I think he'll get more than two years to make it work. I think that. I, I know that much. So if, if you know, Dave Wanstad is a, is a good name, um, Florida State has to get somebody who's going to, um, you know, get them back. They need to get back now, like ASAP. You know what I'm saying? So hope Florida State can make it happen. But um, the rankings come out at 9 or uh, sometime around that time. Um, once again, we hit you with LSU at number 4. Clemson at number three, Ohio State at number two, and Alabama at number one. Again, um, I don't really think that you know, the college football playoff rankings are going to you know look like this. But this is how I see it, you know. And if, and if you want to discuss it or chop it up, I'm here nine five four two four six zero three nine eight. I'm in the building on Twitter um, at RM Desk. We can get it in, get it popping, and um, we're gonna make it happen, man. Let's do it. Make it do what it do. Um, college basketball tonight, man. You already know I'm a big college basketball dude. Um, sit here now looking at the um coaches champions classic, Master Square Garden. You got Kansas against Duke. Kansas is leading Duke right now. Um we did the college basketball top fifteen earlier back in um October. I hope you checked it out. Yeah, we ahead of the game over here, man. So we know what Michigan State is is going to do and all that good stuff. So we're going to, you know, keep you connected and keep you, you know, up on what's going on as far as college basketball, man. Um, Michigan State, man. Um, you know, last year was a it was a, a Final Four squad. They had 32 wins. Um, Cassius Winston, you know, he he's everybody's choice for preseason player of the year. Um, and Michigan State is the favorite to win the. Um, NCAA tournament in 2020, man. So I think it's going to in Atlanta this season, uh, next year, 2020. The Final Four is in Atlanta. Um, Duke, I mean, you know, they lost a lot of a lot of players from last year's team. Um, you know, three guys that you know went in the top ten in the, at the 2019 NBA draft. You know, Zion Williamson. You know, RJ Barrett. You know what I mean? Um, but they get Trey Jones back, and they got another nice recruiting class. Um, can can I see Duke in the Final Four um, and, and putting Mike Krzyzewski in his 13th Final Four? Uh, I don't know. We, we'll have to get to January and figure that out as far as Duke is concerned because looking like Kansas is handling them right now. Um, Louisville. A lot of teams, people talking about Louisville. They're bringing back six of their top seven scorers from a team that won 20 games last year. They got a transfer in uh, Lamar Kimball from St. Joseph's. Okay. Uh, a lot of people talking about Louisville this year. You know what I mean? Could they make one of those runs? You know, Louisville used to stay up in the tournament, man, and make really, really deep runs, man, from, um, you know, uh, Dow Griffith, Dr. Duncan Stein and that squad, uh, Purvis Ellison and those dudes like in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. So Louisville was always in a building. Um, Kentucky, you know, they, you know, they say they got the nation's best backcourt. They got Aston Hagens, Emmanuel Quickly, and Tyrese Maxey. I think, you know, um, I think whether Kentucky's going to have enough production out of the front court, you know, is, is going to be a, a deciding factor of whether um, Calipari gets another SEC regular season title, which would be his sixth. Um, 
you know, the SEC, again, we're talking about the SEC. And when you talk basketball, um, you know, there's a, a lot of things going on in the SEC, man. A lot of stuff, you know, Auburn, you know what I mean, Mississippi State, a lot of things going on in the SEC, a lot of things in Georgia, you know what I mean, a lot of things are going on. Um, Kansas, man, a lot of people say Kansas with Devin Doxson and the kid has a PK. Um, should be one of the best inside outside duos this season. Um, can Kansas win the Big Twelve? I think they should. I think they have the best team in the Big Twelve. I really don't see anybody really um competing with Kansas with the squad that they have this year. Um, Maryland. Um Maryland's in the Big Ten. I think if, you know, Michigan State has anybody to worry about really in the Big Ten is gonna be Maryland. Um, Anthony Cowan, Jalen Smith, you know what I mean? Those are the two guys right there that could help take Maryland to um, the first Final Four since 2002. You know what I mean? So um, watch out for them. Now, this is the team that I'm going to watch because you know my basketball team when it comes to college is Syracuse. All right? We're going to talk about Syracuse later on. But the team that I'm going to keep my eye out on is Memphis. I want to see what Penny Hardaway is going to do with these kids. Okay. Memphis, you know, um, you know, they got Penny Hardaway to replace Tubby Smith back in March of 2018. Um, and they turned it around. Memphis is that, I'm telling you, watch the Memphis Tigers. I'm telling you, that squad is young. They're, you know, really, really talented. So it's like maybe you got a squad of five Penny Hardaways out there on the court being coached by Penny Hardaway. So that is, you know, um, something to really keep your eye on. I'm going to keep my eye on Memphis. I'm going to see how long they stay undefeated. You know what I mean? I think that, um, you know, with the team that they have, they look really, really good. They look really good. Final four, Derrick Rose good. I'm not really so sure about that. Um, you know, Fab Five, Chris Webber, Jalen Rose, Jimmy Jackson, you know what I mean? Those guys, Jay, uh, Jawan Howard. You know what I mean? Those guys, I don't know. But Memphis is going to be good this year. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, North Carolina. Um, Cole Anthony, you know, he, he's, uh, uh, you know, the way I see it and how he's played ball, he's like a, a candidate to be, you know, in the top two or three picks in the NBA draft next year, 2020. And I think um, – He's going to be a lot of eyes on this kid, seeing what he's going to do and seeing how far North Carolina is going to go. I don't see North Carolina getting to the Final Four this year, but I see them having a good team. Um, last year's national champions, Virginia. Um, they have to replace the three top scorers from last year's team. But, again, you know, um, I think that whatever Tony Bennett does down in Virginia, they're going to have a team that's going to represent and be right there as far as the ACC is concerned. Um, Sweet Sixteen. I could see them getting. I could see them getting to the Elite Eight, but everything has to go their way. Everything has to go their way. I don't see them getting past you know um, the Elite Eight. That that that's the ceiling for Virginia. I see it. Um, Gonzaga, you know they 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 lost four of their top scorers. Shout out to um, Rui Hachimura. Um, but I think that you know on paper. They still have the best team in the West Coast Conference. Um, they got the kid Admon Kilder, transfer from Texas A&M. He should really do his thing. Um, you know, and then you go down the list, man. You go t 
to the squads like, uh, you know, St. Mary's. I like St. Mary's too, man. They give Gonzaga problems in the West Coast Conference, and they bring in seven players back. Um, Jordan Ford, um, he shot 41% from three-point range. Um, you know, and they're going to be a, a thorn in, in Gonzaga's side all year long, man. Um, a team like, let's say, Texas Tech. Remember, they was in the, in, in the championship game last year. A lot, a lot of people probably don't even know that, okay? A lot of people don't even know who Virginia beat in the, in the, in the finals last year. Um, the kid, David Moretti, is back. He averaged 11.5 points. He's shooting 45% from three-point range. All right, so watch out for Texas Tech. They might not be as good as last year, but I think they're still going to be able to compete. All right? Um, I'll give you a few scores from what's going on tonight, man, because college basketball is back in the building. All right, so we're not going to leave you out, get you caught up to what's going on. This is after further review, man, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We are in the building right now. Um. Seton Hall, one of those top teams, man, um, that's going to do some work. They um giving the business to Wagner, 105 to 68. All right. That's what's going on right now. Um, Penn State, one of the teams that we talked about as far as football is concerned, they're beating Maryland Eastern Shore 72 to 30, if you're interested in those type of things. Um What's going on tonight, man? Uh, Jawan Howard, his uh, first game in Michigan, man. He leads Appalachian State 70-54. to All right, that's a good look. Jawan Howard doing his thing at Michigan. I think they're going to be one of the surprise teams too, man. I'm interested in um, seeing how um, Jawan Howard is going gonna, is gonna to be. And I'm interested to see how Patrick Ewan in his third year at Georgetown. Okay, I'm interested in seeing um, – how 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 that's working out for him. I, I like it. And remember I said, um, I guess it's three years now, three years ago I said that if we're talking about Patrick Ewan five years from now, then he he's doing a good thing at at, at Georgetown. And I like it. So he's it's three years in. And I think that um you know he's getting he's getting his respect and he's he's got Georgetown um you know where where, where they need to be. Um, as far as the women are concerned, yeah, we talk about the women over here too. We we give the women some love, man. Um, Oregon seems like they are doing their numbers, man, as far as women's basketball is concerned. Um, they got Sabrina Ayosu back. All right, she's the projected number one pick in the WNBA draft. All right, Oregon Ducks Lady Duck team is coached by Kelly Graves. They went to the Final Four for the first time last year. Um, Ruthie Hebert and Satu Sabali is coming back. Um, Jazz Shelley, freshman guard, is going to make plays, and she should have an immediate impact for Oregon. Um, they got a transfer from Texas to Donna Prince. She's six foot seven. All right, so she's still waiting for her um, news of her request to play um, immediately right, at Oregon. So that way, be even um, you know, had given them uh, deeper, you know, their, their depth uh, considerably longer. Um, for um, the Lady Ducks. Um, Stanford, man, you know, the Stanford Lady Cardinal, they bring in three starters back from the team that they had in the Elite Eight last year, Keanu Williams, Eugenie Carrington, and Lacey Hull. Um, these ladies, man, should, should, should do some numbers this year, man, too. 
Tara Vandenveer is going to bring them back. They had the number two ranked recruiting class in the nation, um, which was ranked behind South Carolina. Right, they got Haley Jones. They got Hannah Jump. They got a, a six foot five forward. These females are tall, man. Six foot five, Ashton Priestell and uh, Fran Belibi. So, again, man, um, Stanford is going to do some things. Um, remember, Baylor's the um, defending national champion. You know what I mean? Um, they were given Notre Dame the business in the championship game last year before Lauren Cox got hurt in the second half. So she'll be back um, at 100%. As you know, Baylor looks to get back to the to the ladies' final four. They lost Kalani Brown and Chloe Jackson. Um, they added a South Carolina graduate transfer, Tia Cooper. All right, um, she used to um, play for South Carolina, and she was All SEC. All right, and she's going to take over for uh, Chloe Jackson. So again, um, Dee Dee Richards is going to be there to play on the defensive side, and uh, Juicy Landrum and Melissa Smith. I'm going to um, try to step their games up. You know, Juicy Landrum, she averaged eight, 11 points a game. And Alyssa Smith, she averaged about eight and a half. So, um, Baylor's going to try to step their game up, man. Um, we're going to take a pause to the cause, man. This is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We got the mayor in the building making a do with a do. College basketball, college football on the plate. We're going to get into some NFL. We're going to get into some NBA and definitely get my hockey people taken care of, all right? This is how we give it up, man. We're going to take a pause to the cause. This is after further review. 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass, Action VR Network in the building. Let's go. Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash canadianaquaticsales. Together, we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rate. That's 863-294-5630 for Skis Watch and Clock.
This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped. Every relationship we've cultivated. Belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it. Together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to help preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world and at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 541-951-2443 or message her at her Facebook page by searching for Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further. Carter, the machine gun! Look out, Daddy! <laughs> The best in old-time radio adventures, you've come to the right place. This is One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Every, 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 everybody knows yeah. A turkey and 
they mad deep. You know what I mean? Um, again, you know, Myers Leonard, you know, he's not going to shoot 60% of three-pointers for their entire season. But I think, you know, Miami is one of those teams that nobody wants to see early in the season. Um, the Los Angeles Clippers, they lost on the road at Utah, you know, um, without Kawhi Leonard. They came back and did their thing on Sunday. Um, and Leonard, you know, had 30 points, you know, 18 in the fourth quarter. Um, and they're just spotting time right now until they get Paul George back. I think that's what the Clippers are doing. The Clippers are playing in, in kind of, you know, coasting mode. And I don't want to say it like they don't, they, they're playing lackadaisical or they don't care. I just think that they won't really get to turn it up until Paul George gets back and then they'll have their complete team together. Um, the Boston Celtics, you know, um, they've, you know, seen injuries to three of their, you know, uh, centers so far this season. Um, they still have a top 10 defense and a top 15 offense. They came back from 19 points against Milwaukee and won. Um, I think that, you know, that, that, that lineup, you know, when they want to go small, they just, you know, Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, you know, Marcus Smart, um, Gordon Haywood and, and, and Tatum, you know, those guys, you know, they, they do what they do in limited minutes, you know, and, um, they're looking good so far. You know, I can't, I can't be mad at them. Um, Milwaukee Bucks, you know, Giannis is doing, you know, his numbers. He's as unstoppable as ever. But uh, Milwaukee is, you know, getting into a habit of blowing big leads. They have, you know, 20-point lead, and it, it, it goes away in a hurry. So they got to figure that out. Um, you know, even with Giannis playing well, you know, you're still going to have to, you know, figure some things out as far as, you know, kind of keep games, you know, letting teams back in the games. Um, the Dallas Mavericks, okay? The Mavericks, man, um, you know, Luka Doncic is doing his thing, you know, um, and I think that, you know, they'll get better once, you know, Chris Porzingis finds his way. But I think that right now I, I don't want to put too much on the Dallas Mavericks. I just think that, you know, they can, you know, play um, above expectations, which is what? In the Western Conference. You know, home court advantage, a top four seed in the West. You know what I mean? Um, I think now with, you know, Golden State really, really, really being out of, out of the picture, I think that one of these teams can step up, and we'll see. Um, the Phoenix Suns, I think that, you know, Monty Williams is doing work with the Phoenix Suns. Man, I'm not mad at him. You know, and I think that as far as coach of the year is concerned, you know, and, and, and I don't really play those games, you know, coach of the year in the season is like three weeks old. I don't, I don't, I don't get down like that. But if you had to, you know, mention a name, Monty Williams would definitely get a lot of burn. Definitely. You know, um, so respect to what he's doing with the Phoenix Suns and they, you know, have, you know, they, they won a couple of, you know, a, a decent games already this year. Um, let's talk about the defending champs, the Toronto Raptors. Pascal Siakam, he's averaging 26 points a game. All right. Um, I think if Siakam can, you know, do a little bit better, than, even better than he did last year, um, I think that, you know, the fans will kind of forget about, well, you won't forget about Kawhi Leonard. 
but him leaving wouldn't hurt so bad if Siakam can kind of like even you know improve his numbers on last year. Um, they you know the Raptors really have not taken a step back. You know what I mean? At least so far in the regular season. So I think that um, Pascal Siakam could be that star, and then you know worry about the the business part of the game. But I think if Pascal Siakam can step, you know, he can call his own number. If he, you know, plays a little bit better than he did last year, because he's definitely going to have to be the guy to replace uh, Kawhi Leonard. So um, he's going to have to definitely play, you know, to to, to his worth. Um, the Denver Nuggets. Wow. I think that the Nuggets aren't where they want to be yet. You know, um, they had back-to-back losses, you know, um, to close out their road trip with a win in Orlando. So at least they finished the road trip on a good note. Um, Nikola Jokic, you know, he's got to step his, you know, his shot attempts up. You know, I think, um, you know, we know that, you know, he's a, he's a very, very good passer, may be a great passer, but sometimes, he, you know, he, he passes up shots. It's okay to take a shot sometimes, you know what I mean? And I think that... Um, you know, when he looks for his own shot, he kind of opens everything else up for Denver. So he's got to get back to that a little bit. But I'm not mad at, at where they are right now at four and two. You know, um, I think that, you know, the other teams in the Western Conference, you know, some of these teams are, are being surprised and stepping their game up and some are not really playing to the level that we, you know, expected them to in, early in the season. And one of those teams is the Utah Jazz. Okay. Um, Utah, they beat Phoenix by a sink by one point. Then they beat the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. Then they lost to Sacramento. And then they lost to the Clippers when Kawhi came back. So I think that um, the wins that they had weren't really all that impressive. They, they lost to Sacramento. Okay? But Utah, you know, they're... But Mike Conley, you know, he's been kind of, you know, playing crazy, you know, early in the season, you know, trying to find his role. But um, I think that they will get better as the season goes on. But the defense right now for Utah has to really, really, you know, play, you know, A1 basketball for this team, you know, for this team to win right now. You know, and I think that's, that's that, you know, um, says a lot about what, you know, Utah is expecting. You know, and again, you know, it takes some time, you know, to get it together. Mike Conley in a new situation, you know what I mean? Um, not, really, you know, being the man. Donovan Mitchell was the man out there, you know, but they have a team. So that's no excuses for them. They got the talent. So Utah should really, you know, be able to to, to, to make a positive move as far as the Western Conference is concerned. Because now really it's a free-for-all now. Golden State is, you know, I don't want them, you know, leading for dead, but it is what it is. No Clay Thompson, no Steph Curry for three months. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? You know what I mean? And Draymond is not really, I think, in a position to be the leader. Leader, you know, he's a dude that talk a lot of nonsense. You know what I mean? And 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 is like the emotional, you know, guy for the squad. But I think as far as being going out there and, and being a leader, nah. Nah, you know what I mean. And he got his bread too, so I think that he's he's on he's really on relaxed mode, you know. So I think that you know with with Golden State not being a factor, 
I think it's time for you know one of these other teams in the Western Conference maybe to step it up a little bit, and we'll see who it's going to be, who really wants it, because it's there. And you know, early it looks like the Phoenix Suns, man. It did, you know, Monty Williams got them doing some things. You know what I mean? Um, to use the Rockets, it was a bad week for the Rockets, man. You know, James Harden, you know, he's shooting horribly from the field, 37% uh, from, from, uh, for two and 21% for three. Um, and he still leads the league in scoring. So, um, again, we said this before about James Harden. He could score 75 points a game. And, and still, it won't matter until they get better on defense. He could score all the points he wants. But if he's scoring 75 and the other team is scoring 76, what happened? You lost. So play some defense. Um, Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving, you know, he's, he's, he's doing, you know, his thing, you know. Um, even, even though, you know, the, the, the chatter has been about how he's perceived and how, you know, how he perceives them and all that, um, you see frustration. You know, and I think that, you know, the Nets are really off to their start that they hoped that they would be off to. And we said that. We said that. People went berserk because they got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. I said, no, you don't. You don't got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. You got Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant cannot help you. Not this year. And then he might not be able to help you too much after he does come back. So what are you talking about? Y'all got excited and hyped the charge for nothing. Now, if Kevin Durant had never got hurt, then we might be talking about something. But you don't know what you want to get back. And thank you that he did not come to the Knicks. Didn't want him. Not after that, no. Didn't want him. Get out of here. You damaged goods. We know we don't mess with you. And I'm not, and I'll say it again. I'm not mad at James, though. I am not mad at him at all for wanting the reports and wanting to see what was going on with Kevin Durant's injury. That's why he wasn't messing with him. Not that if Kevin Durant would have been healthy, Kevin Durant would have came to the Knicks. I think if Kevin Durant would have been healthy, Kevin Durant would have came to the Knicks. Then what? But that's neither here nor there. So, oh, well. But as far as my Knicks are concerned, man, you know I got to talk about them. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's not much of a surprise. You know, we struggling. You know, um, it was a nice win against the Chicago Bulls. But um, then we lost to Orlando, we lost to Boston, we lost to Sacramento. Um, you know, we, we really having a problem of finding offense outside of, you know, um, Marcus Morris had 29 against Boston. Um, um, you know, and, and R.J. Barrett, he's, he's, he's played, you know, pretty well so far in the minutes that he's had. You know what I mean? And uh, Bobby Portis had a big game against the Chicago Bulls. I mean, you know, we get that, but you know, one in six. I'm not. I'm not really satisfied. You know what I mean? Because we're looking down the barrel of another 25 you know, win season, and I'm not trying to feel that again. You know what I mean? I just think that you know we just have to get better. I think the rotations that Coach Fisdale has, is, you know, is kind of like um, it's it's jittery right now because he doesn't really have a set rotation, and he really doesn't know what he has at this moment. You know what I mean? 
So I think that once we get um, some finality to the rotation, I think that, um, you know, maybe something will, will, will spark with the Knicks. But right now, man, you know, we're looking at, you know, being right where, you know, people figured we'd be. One of the worst teams in the league, man. And what, do you, and what are you going to say about that? You know, you got to do something about it, you know? Um, what else we want to talk about here? We talk about the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Trey Young, he hurt his ankle. Um, I think that what, you know, Atlanta does, you know, they, they, they can't let Trey Young be um, the the centerpiece of what they do. If, if he doesn't have it, they have a young enough team that can make some, you know, still make some noise and do some things and hold it down until Trey Young gets back. Um, you know, he, he's got a, 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 a big, uh, usage rate. I mean, he's, he's out there on the floor all the time, you know? So I think it, it, it makes sense that they would kind of, you know, not do so well, um, until he's able to come back. But again, you know, they look like a different team when he's out there on the floor and hopefully they can get it, they can get it together. All right. Um, this is after further review, man, 2.0, AKA the side round pass. We're making it do what it do. On a Tuesday night, Wacko Bob's in the building holding me down. Um, I got my hockey people. Let me take care of my hockey people. How y'all doing out there? Y'all good? All right. Um, we got some scores popping off, and you know how we do it, man. You know how we give it up on Tuesday nights, man. We got some NHL scores for you live and direct. Um, at the Wells Fargo Center in Philly, the Flyers lead the Hurricanes 2-1 to one in the third period. Um out there on the island, Senators and the Islanders. The Islanders lead two to one. Ten minutes to go in the third. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets they trail the Vegas Golden Knights two to one in Columbus third period. Second period about to end in Toronto. The Kings and the Leafs are tied at one. Second period three minutes to go in Montreal. The Canadians lead the Boston Bruins three to two. And what else we got going on here? Uh, Devils in Winnipeg, they lead the Jets 1-0 second period. Stars lead the Avalanche 2-0 in Dallas first period, about three minutes left. They just dropped the puck in Calgary where the Flames are hosting the Coyotes. 10 o'clock, they dropped the puck in Vancouver. The Blues are visiting the Canucks. The Wild are visiting the Ducks at 10 o'clock. The Blackhawks and the Sharks in San Jose at 10 o'clock. So that's what's going down as far as the NHL is concerned. My hockey people, you know, I talk my hockey stuff too, man. You know what I mean? A lot of people can't believe, like, yo, what is it not to believe? Uh, hockey is sports. Understand that. What is the matter with you? Hockey is, hockey, hockey is dope too, man. You know what I mean? But I guess you wouldn't understand that because, you know, you, you don't have the, the, the attention span to pay attention to it, but it is, it is what it is. I talk about you. I don't care because it is what it is. There's too much information out here not to be known. You know what I'm saying? There's too much information out here not to be known. But anyway, um, as far as the NHL is concerned, man, um, what we started, the Buffalo Sabres? Yeah, man. Um, they lost three straight games, you know, but they came, you know, they lost to, you know, uh, the Coyotes, they lost to the Capitals, and they lost to the Islanders, so those are pretty good teams. But, um, again, remember, Buffalo started off really hot this year, last year, you know what I mean? And, you know, um, the slide, I'm not going to say it's begun, but it's probably begun, you know what I mean? Um, 
well, you know, it's again, it's early, like basketball is early. We'll get back around Christmas, you know what I mean, around New Year's. We'll see where the Buffalo Sabres are at. So I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt because um, it's a long, a long season. Um, Vancouver, they're playing, they're playing better. They got points in seven straight games. They scored five plus goals in five of those games. You know what I mean? Um, it's still one of the league's most fun team to watch. Overtime, um, they don't have Tavisenko right now, but you no, know, a win is a win is a win. I mean, St. Louis to get it however they come. Um, the New York Islanders. To what made them, you know, a good team last year, uh, they scored just enough to win. And that's the bottom line. They also Floyd Mayweather stuff. Um, the Washington Capitals, you know, I think that, um, you know, they, they're doing their numbers right now. You know, they got it popping. Shout out to the, the uh, Washington. <clears throat> and again, man, you know, the Washington, Washington is doing it right now. That's championship city right there. The Mystics doing their thing. You know what I mean? So the Capitals, you know, doing what they have to do right now. 11 and 2 early. Um, the Boston Bruins. 11 and 1. They're doing what they have to do. Shout out to Tuka Rass. You know what I mean? I tell you, that's my favorite goalie in the league, Tuka Rass, man. Tuka Rass is the truth. Um, their top line is good. Their power play is good. Their goaltending is good. You know, it's, it's the Boston Bruins and everybody else right now. You know, um, Pittsburgh. Um, again, you know, injuries. Patrick Hornquist got hurt. He's back on the um, injured reserve, so they don't know what's going on with him. And um, it might just be one of those years, man, for 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 the Pittsburgh Penguins, man. You know what I mean? And um, as far as Tampa Bay, um, last year's team that was looked like a powerhouse, um, you know, they continue to be mentally fragile, you know. And I think that you know um, that does a lot to somebody's, you know, to to, to your psyche. You know, um, having the most points in the league, winning 60-plus games, 60. I think they won 62 games last year, Tampa Bay. And to get swept in the first round of the playoffs, I mean, swept, right? I mean, you know, how do you come back from that? And, again, it's looking like that, you know, this team is not really all the way back. Um, And what do you do? What do you do, you know? Um... 4.2 4.2 seconds left in the second half. Duke leads Kansas 66 to 63 with four seconds left. Um, yeah, Duke was looking good, man. Kansas is, you know, playing, you know, uh, and, and let it get away from them kind of late with the bad shooting. And um, Duke just, you know, plays a little outstanding defense, man, and, and, and kept Kansas off the boards. And now uh, they're about to um, defeat the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, 67-63, if you're watching the championship uh, classic at Madison Square Garden. All right, Michigan State and Kentucky coming up next. Um, so, yeah, man, um, that's what it is. We're going to take another pause for the cause, man. When we come back, we're going to talk some NFL Gonna wrap this thing up, three minute rant style, talk some free agency and baseball, and get it popping, all right? We're gonna take one more pause. This is after further review two point AKA the sideline pass. Let's get it.
Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rate. That's 863-294-5630 for Skis Watch and Clock. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped Every relationship we've cultivated belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to help preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around. 
and make them available all across the country and around the world, and at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can help preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby today at 541-951-2443 or message her at her Facebook page by searching for Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further. Oh, there's a machine gun. Look out, Daddy! Up in the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. For the best in old-time radio adventures, you've come to the right place. This is one nostalgic weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network.
we back in the building, man. This is after Fuzzy Field 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideride Pass. We got the mayor in the house. Live and direct on a Tuesday night. First college football playoff rankings about to drop. All right. Tuesday night, college basketball tipping off. We got the Champions Classic at the Garden. Big night, man. Sports, man. You already know what it is, man. And we right here to give it up to you. Action VR Network style. Wacko Bob holding me down. Um, as we stated earlier in the show, uh, after further review, we have our college football playoff rankings, how we see it right now. We got LSU at number four, Clemson at number three, Ohio State at number two, and Alabama at number one. I'm interested to see how the um, college football uh, playoff ranking committee, <clears throat> where they put Alabama, and I'm interested in, in seeing where they put LSU considering that they um, have a game coming up on Saturday. So do they want to put themselves in a position, Wacko Bob, where they, you know, their first college football playoff ranking gets blown up? You know what I'm saying? Because somebody's got to lose that game out of Alabama and LSU. Somebody's got to lose. So if you're, you're, you're setting your, your college football playoff rankings to be the four top, play, the four top teams in the nation, and it's not going to last for a week. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not going to last for a week. So that's why, in my opinion, I put LSU, because if LSU does beat Alabama, they have all rights, and it'll be justified. If Alabama loses, I'm interested in seeing what happens. Do they knock Alabama out? For all these years, they talked about Alabama and Alabama and Alabama and Alabama. Now they lost. You know, if they lose to LSU on Saturday, we'll see, you know, will they still be considered in the college football playoff when you have a team like Penn State that's undefeated? You know what I mean? Um, you know, Baylor's undefeated, you know. But, um, you know, you still have, you know, your Oklahomas and, you know, your, your Ohio State's undefeated as well. Clemson, Clemson, they stake a claim because they've been getting disrespected all year. You know what I mean? Um, I'm interested to see, um, you know, where, where they have these, these teams, man, and, and what teams that they have at number five and number six, you know. Um, you know, does anybody with a loss get in the top five, okay? Um, look at that top 25 now. They're going SNU at 25, Navy at 24, Oklahoma State at 23, Boise State at 22, and Memphis is at 21. All right, Memphis, um, they just beat SMU. Um, over the weekend, SMU has a good team. You know what I mean? And I think that when it's going good for SMU, it's going good, like when they played against Temple. But when they get a team that, you know, is competitive, like they had against Memphis, they look kind of regular. Um, Cincinnati's at number 20. Wake Forest is at 19. Iowa is at 18. Minnesota is at 17. And Kansas State is at 16. Um, Minnesota kind of low, undefeated. Big Ten, you know they got a they got a game a big game coming up. We'll see um, what it is with Minnesota. Um, you know I, I think that you know a team like Cincinnati at, at, in the top twenty, um, they're doing their numbers. Look at Wake Forest, another ACC team. Um, Iowa with two losses. You know what I mean? They're in the top twenty. So you know you got to give you know some of these teams you know give them some respect. I'm trying to see um, again where they put um, the teams that I have. And uh, we're getting close. Notre Dame is at number 15. Michigan is at 14. Uh, Wisconsin at 13. 
Baylor's at 12, undefeated Baylor at 12, 8-0. and um, Auburn is at 11. Okay, they have two losses. Auburn is at number 11, and they have two losses. Baylor is at number 12, and they're undefeated at 8-0. and Number 10 is Florida. I'm not understanding that. You got an undefeated team and, and a team that has two losses ahead of them. Oklahoma is at number nine at seven and one. Utah is at number eight at eight and one. Oh man. Let's see what was at number seven. What we got at number seven here. You know, Utah at number eight, Oklahoma at number nine. That loss really killed them. Oregon is at number seven. So Oregon is 7th, Utah is 8th, Oklahoma is ninth, and Florida is 10th. So now we get into the, uh, to the, meat, to, to the meat and potatoes of uh, this college football playoff ranking, the uh, first one of the season. Um, and I think it's important. It's an important one, you know, because, again, like I said, where are you going to put Alabama? Where are you going to put LSU? Where are you going to put Clemson? You know what I mean? And they still haven't said those names yet, so you, you figure that they're in that in that mix somewhere, you know? Um, they haven't said Penn State, you know what I mean? So um, where are you going to put them? And, and then they hear them say Georgia's name. I they hear them say Georgia. So, again, I, and, and Georgia's a team that, you know, that, that's the team that I really wouldn't be mad if they didn't put them in. I don't really, I don't really feel no type of way about Georgia. Because, again, they had their shot, you know. But um, it's going to be interesting to see um, what teams get in, in, that are the top four teams um, in the country as far as the college, college football playoff is concerned. Um, number six is Georgia, okay? We just talked about that. Georgia's in number six. And, um, you know, it's keeping them on the outside looking in, keeping them close enough, you know. I, I didn't have Baylor. I didn't have Georgia in my top ten, but they got Georgia in at number six. Mm-hmm. Tells you all you need to know. They 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 still consider Georgia uh, a top team, and and and, and ho- hopes rested on Georgia that they could somehow sneak into the SEC final. Clemson is at number five, so Clemson is outside of the college football playoff mix. Clemson is at number five. Penn State is at number four. Okay, Penn State at number four in the college football playoff ranking. Wow, we had Penn State at number five. Sure did. Had Penn State at number five, Clemson at number three. Mm-hmm. Yep, we had Clemson at number three. We had Penn State at number five. We had Georgia like out of the top ten. Mm-hmm. Wow, man. Penn State is in there. Okay. So they got I think they play Minnesota this week. So we'll see we'll see what's going on with that. Minnesota is undefeated. Penn State is eight and zero. Minnesota is eight and zero. So we'll see what's going on with that as far as you know, now we got the top three now. It's gonna be out of Alabama, LSU, and Ohio State. Some kind of order. Alabama number three. We had Alabama number one. So now it's going to be out of Ohio State and LSU. 
the top two teams. LSU at number two and Ohio State is at number one. Wow. Okay. Ohio State is going to be number one. LSU is number two. Alabama is number three. And Penn State is number four. We had LSU number four, Clemson number three, Ohio State number two, and Alabama number one. So right now, Alabama would play LSU, and Ohio State would play Penn State. So it would be the Big Ten and the SEC. Well, there you go. So now what do you do with that? You know what I mean? Um, You know, we had Penn State at number five. They made it into the top four, okay? Um, And I think you you switch, yeah, you switch um, LSU, you switch LSU or Penn State, and there you go. You know what I mean? The top four is right there. Switch, you switch Penn State and Clemson. Switch Penn State and Clemson, and then you would have a top four. Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and Alabama. So we was off by one, Bob. We didn't, it didn't do too bad, man. You switch LSU and, and, and Penn State, you would have the top four. So I pat myself on the back. I didn't do too bad. Um, this is after... Further review, man, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We are in the building. If you haven't heard, it's six. All right? So that's how that's going. Um, NFL, man. Oh, man. What are we doing? What are we doing with the Patriots, man? What are we doing with the New England Patriots? Mm-hmm. Well, the Patriots ran into uh, more so. You know, I think that um, you know, whatever the Ravens, you know, had in store, it was going to happen. Lamar Jackson is legit now as an MVP candidate. Um, where are all those people at that said he, he should be a running back? You know, where are all those people at right now? Uh, um, just just one loss, but they did really look bad on defense. Lamar Jackson made them look bad. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see now. I mean, did, did that did that mean home field advantage? You know what I mean? Um, as far as, you know, uh, the AFC playoffs are concerned, because you got to definitely pencil in Baltimore in one of the spots in AFC. You know what I mean? And you can't and you can't pencil in the Patriots in one of the spots in AFC. So basically, um, the rest of the AFC is playing for four spots. The rest of the AFC is playing for four spots. You pencil in the Ravens and you mark in the Patriots for two spots locked down. Presumably the top two spots in the AFC locked down. Ravens and the Patriots. So now all those other teams who consider themselves playoff-worthy squads in the AFC are playing, actually, for four spots because two of them spots are already gone. So you're looking at uh, Houston, Kansas City, Buffalo, and Indianapolis. Those will be the playoff teams if the season ended today. If the season ended today, those will be the playoff teams. All right? And... You know, looking at teams that, you know, on the outside looking in and still alive as far as the playoffs are concerned. Pittsburgh, you know, 4-4, four four, they're still breathing. The Oakland Raiders, you know what I mean? Um, then you look at teams that really, you know, let, you know, have five losses already. 
Jacksonville, Tennessee, and the Chargers, they can't really afford to lose, you know, uh, any more games. You know, um, you know, unless they find themselves on the outside looking in. We're not really talking about Denver at three and six, Cleveland Browns at two and six, you know, Miami at one and seven, you know what I mean? The Jets at one and seven and Cincinnati hasn't won a game this season. Um, over in the NFC man, you know, it'd be, you know, it's San Francisco forty ers you know, they're the um you know, only undefeated team left in the league. Um, New Orleans is right there. The Saints, Green Bay Packers, right there. Then you got the Cowboys, um, Seattle Seahawks, and uh, the Minnesota Vikings. That would be the playoffs. You know, if the season ended today in the NFC. Um, looking at the NFC, you know, and, and if the season ended today, looking at the Seahawks would be playing at Dallas. Minnesota would be playing at Green Bay. All right. Um, and the 49ers in New Orleans would get buys in the first round. Um, still alive in NFC. The Rams still alive. Carolina five and three. The Eagles at five and four. Um, I'm really not really going to give you know Detroit unless they just really go on a run here late in the season at three four and one. Arizona at three five and one. The Bears, you know, they were once you know people had them uh, Super Bowl contenders at three and five. They fell apart. My Buccaneers are two and six. What else is new? Um, the Giants are two and seven. Atlanta one to seven, and the Washington Redskins at one and eight. So, again, man, I think that um, there, you know, nobody can clinch a playoff spot in in week ten, you know. But um, you're kind of looking at the, the uh, playoff picture in, in both conferences um, taking shape, you know. Um, you saw what happened when you know New England um, went to Baltimore. The, the Ravens proved that they're here, and they're gonna, you know. Um, not going anywhere with Lamar Jackson. As far as Lamar Jackson is quarterbacking, they're going to be right there, and and they gave the Patriots the business. Um, as far as my Buccaneers are concerned, man, I, you know, I don't want to give up on them. You know, that def- you know, the defense is not good right now. That's why you know we're not winning games, and that's been our problem for the past four or five years. You know, our defense is not good. Our secondary stinks. Our uh, defensive line can't get there in time. Our linebackers are trying, you know. But, um, again, it's just, it, you know, it all, you know, points at Jameis Winston when you look at the offense. You know, you look at some games they kind of threw away. And now, you know, we're just kind of playing out the last, you know, eight games of Jameis Winston's career in Tampa Bay. Because I wouldn't want him to come back. If I, if I can go get somebody else, you know, and I'm not saying anybody else. But I'm just saying somebody else because, you know, you kind of said, you know, and, and, and again, I, I'll take that. I'll take that, L, because, again, I was really on the Jameis Winston train. I was like, yo, Jameis Winston is going to be the man for Tampa Bay. He's going to be here 10, 15 years. And, um, you know, I hate to say it, man, it looks like I was wrong on that notion, man, because Jameis Winston has not shown any in five years he hasn't done anything. I don't care about those records, the most – the quickest, the 15. I don't care about that. What does that mean? That don't mean nothing. What does that mean? So, again, um, I'm not really concerned about him setting all those records. Where's the W's at? Where's the playoff wins at? Where's the winning record at home at? You can't even defend your home field, yo. And you worried about trying to win all these games, man. Knock it off, man. So, again, we are we are where we are with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. And that's my team. And, um, you know, you got to love them.
But um, I'd rather be Tampa Bay than the Cleveland Browns, you know. And it seems like, you know, they're 2-6 right now. All that preseason hype, it just seems like a, a big waste of time. I think they'll be lucky if they finish 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, that was, you know, that was a far cry from what people were talking about when, you know, uh, hard knocks is on and preseason was being played. And everybody was talking about the Cleveland Browns are back. The Cleveland Browns are going to do this. The Cleveland Browns are going to do that. The Cleveland Browns aren't doing anything. And whose fault is it? the Cleveland Browns fault. You don't play the game on paper. You haven't learned that yet. So again, um, you know, who would you rather be the Cleveland Browns or the Chicago Bears? The Bears offense is way too limited. That's why they won't be in the playoffs. And, you know, and it's now starting to reflect on the defense. You know, this team was a, a, a Super Bowl ready defense. Now it's not even that. And so I guess now the um, Mitch Trubisky, uh, you know, people could say, well, you know, we knew it about him, you know, because a lot of people was giving Mitch Trubisky the benefit of the doubt. And some of them still want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But the proof is in the pudding. Their offense is limited, you know, and Mitch Trubisky is a part of that. So what are you going to do? Um, talk about uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had a very bad start to the season. The defense has really made some improvements. And at 4-4, four and four, they're still in the division race. So can't be mad at that. Talking about 4-4, four and four, um, the Oakland Raiders, you know, don't look now, but they got to, you know, that game on Thursday night against the Chargers is going to be big. They're 4-4, four and four, the Oakland Raiders, man. The offense has come, you know, come alive, and all of a sudden, you know, Derek Carr is not looking so bad, huh? No? Um... Indianapolis Colts, you know, Jacoby Brissett, his injury is not bad. So that's going to be a positive thing for the Colts. Um, Brian Hoyer can hold it down for, you know, a little bit. So he doesn't have to worry about being in there for a long time. Um, I think the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, man, they, you know, they had a nice win against the Vikings without Patrick Mahomes. Um, he should be back soon. Um and as far as the Vikings are concerned, man, they got to win games like that. You know, like that game that they lost against Kansas City. You know, you can't lose to Kansas City when they have their backup quarterback playing. You know, now they got to go to Dallas and play the Vikings. I mean, play the Cowboys and the Cowboys are doing their thing. You know, um, the Buffalo Bills, the quietest 6-2 team in the league. You know, um, the people believing in the Buffalo Bills, I'm not really sure about that. You know, um, should they believe in the Buffalo Bills? I, I, I'm one of those that as far as, you know, when you talk about a team like the Buffalo Bills, um, let's see where they are, you know what I mean, around, you know, they play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. If that's a big game, then we'll see. Buffalo plays Dallas on Thanksgiving, so we'll see. If that's a big game, then the, the Bills will be there. Six and two or six and two. You know what I mean? We've seen teams get off to great starts before and end up not making the playoffs. Um, Los Angeles Rams, you know, coming off their bye, they play in Pittsburgh um, against the Steelers team that, you know, we talked about earlier that's better on defense. Um, you know, this is going to be one of those games with Jared Goff. We're going to see where he's at. You know what I mean? Um, he was doing, you know, pretty decent, you know, before the bye. We'll see what happens with them. Um 
the Cowboys. You know, it wasn't you know always pretty, especially that first pass of the game against the Giants um, on Monday Night Football. But um, you know, they did what they had to do. The offense came came alive and got together. Um, two games in a row doing their thing. They got to play against the Vikings. That defense, man, it's going to be big for the Cowboys. We'll see what they do against Minnesota. Um, Russell Wilson, you know, what else did it be said about him? MVP status, did his thing against Tampa Bay. Um, but their defense has to be better going forward. They gave up, um, the defense gave up 34 against the Bucks, um, and the game went to overtime. Um, the Green Bay Packers had a bad game against the Chargers. The offensive line got dogged out, and Aaron Rodgers was off. You know what I mean? Um, maybe you should just start, you know, just relax a little bit and not worry about, you know, talking about other people. You know what I mean? And let, you know, let us play, you know, play, you know, speak for itself. Um, they still got some games to win. They still got some things to do. Um, New Orleans Saints, they're coming off their bye with a division game against the Falcons, and Drew Brees is, you know, uh, healthier than he was last week. You know what I mean? So that's always a good thing. Um, San Francisco 49ers, if they can, you know, get Jimmy Garoppolo to play like he did against the Cardinals, you know, every week they could be a real, a real, real Super Bowl contender, man, because he, he played very, very well. All right? Um, so, again, man, I think that, you know, what we're looking at right now in the NFL, man, is, uh, um, you know, we're looking at the stretch run, you know. Um, you know, I passed the halfway point. San Francisco 49ers is the best team in the league. Um the Patriots got shredded by the Baltimore Ravens. Um, again, you know, what Kyle Shanahan has done has been, you know, impressive. The defense has carried this team, but, you know, I think their run game on offense is as good as any in the league. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know what I mean? They, you know, said the only question mark was him. You know, he had four touchdowns against Arizona. So, again, man, I think that, um, you know, the, this game they have coming up on Monday night against Seattle. Is, is going to be a game to tell where the 49ers are for real, for real, you know, because that defense is going to get tested. Um, I think that, you know, the 49ers, we know they're going to lose somewhere along the way. But I think that, you know, what's what's really telling about this uh, run by the 49ers is that um, this team is not, you know, close to being healthy. You know, they have uh, injuries on the offensive line, but they've, you know, they've they've done it. You know, so again, I think um, you know whatever's happening, Francisco, they need to keep it happening. And um, you know, now it's now it's about to get real for them. Eight and zero. Now you know, um, playing for you know home field advantage, that type of thing. You talked about that with the Forty ers So will that pressure get to them? You know what I mean? And uh, still, they have to still get through that NFC. So we'll see what happens as far as the 49ers if they can, you know, finish off this run and try to make it uh, make a Super Bowl run out of this thing. Um, as far as you know, when we talk about the NFL, man, um, you know, we're talking, you know, hearing things about realignment at the, the Los Angeles Chargers because they're not getting support in LA. They should have never left San Diego in the first place. They should have never left San Diego in the first place. So I just think that. Sometimes, you know, was, you know, uh, they, you know um, I, and I'm really not seeing or understanding how um, having a team in London, 
you know, that would be, that would, that would make it crazy as far as, you know, realignment is concerned. Um, you know, I think, I don't know, man. It, 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 they want to get a team overseas so bad, you know, when you had one of the AFLs, you know, um, you know, uh, pioneer franchises, the, the, the Los Angeles Chargers, you know, now you want to make them go all the way overseas. And I, I don't know, man. I, it's, it's, how are they going to play division games, you know, going to Denver, to Oakland, the Raiders, or should be probably in Las Vegas, and then the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, I mean, because the AFC West is actually teams that are out West. And London is east of the United States. So I don't know. I, I don't know how this could work out. It's, it sounds crazy, but I think the only, you know, um, saving grace is that, you know, you play the football games, it's once a week. So I guess the the travel, I suppose, going to uh, London wouldn't be so bad, but... I don't know how that's going to work, but, um, you know, if you had realignment, um, could you put the Chargers, the London Chargers in the AFC South and have the Texans move to the AFC West? Like, I mean, you know, the Chargers already left San Diego and they're allegedly moving to London. So, I mean, the AFC South was a division that was created um, back um, in, um, what, 2002? So it really doesn't have any um, historical uh, real significance outside of the, the, the Colts, you know what I mean, and the Texans not really, you know, liking each other. The Jaguars are another expansion team, and the Titans moved from Houston. So, I mean, shifting the division around wouldn't really be that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Um, I think that, you know, I guess from traveling, the AFC South would be basically the move, um, that, you know, the people that I guess make the schedule at the NFL, um, they got a lot to deal with already, but putting a London team in there, that'd be bananas. You know, they can't, they, you know, they're not going to be able to fly back and forth every week from London. So I think, you know, it'd have to be, maybe you have to do four weeks in London, four weeks in the United States, four weeks in London, and four weeks in the United States. That would be crazy. So I think that if you look ahead um, at who the Chargers play in 2020, which includes the AFC South, the Chargers' away games would probably be the Steelers, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Bengals. Okay, one of each out of the Jaguars, the Colts, and the Titans, and the Buffalo Bills, Tampa Bay, Miami Dolphins, and New Orleans Saints. So they would have to try to switch. They would have to cut those 16 games up into four groups. And I don't know. It just it just sounds it just sounds like a, a a a lot. It sounds like a whole lot, and I don't know why they just can't move the Chargers 
back to San Diego and, and everybody can go home happy. Or you can move the Chargers to the AFC East. You can move the Chargers to the AFC East. The Dolphins will move to the AFC South. And the Texans will move to the AFC West. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man, listen. It's... Who's going to want to play in London, Bob? The London Chargers. Who's going to want to play there? Like it's good. That's 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 going to be that's going to be bananas, man. But um, yeah. You good? Like I said, it would yeah. be a nightmare. Chargers, uh, you can see them play, it would be a nightmare. Yeah, man, it would, it would, it would be bananas, man. I, I just, I just think that you know they're doing too much, man. They really do it. It's going to end up being a team that ends up in London, but I, I would hate for it to be the Chargers. Like, why can't it just be? Why can't you just move that that Jacksonville team out there? The owner wants to go out there anyway. Move them out there. For real. Move them out there, man. But somebody's going to end up going out there, man, and it's, 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 it's going to be crazy. Um, let's do the three-minute rant so we can get out of here, man. Um, Shout-out to the Washington Nationals who won. Um. Talked about them before the season started. Um, now, you know, um, uh, I guess you want to call it their legacy or destiny. You know what I mean? Shout out to Montreal Expos and the fans up there in Montreal and all of that. Um, but the Washington Nationals deserved it. Now the question is going to be about the Houston Astros. Now this has been, what, two years in a row that they've been to the World Series and they they did they didn't they came up on the short end of the stick. Um but again, it is what it is, man. The Astros, you know, did their thing. I'm more concerned about what the Yankees are gonna do, man. I'm more concerned about the Yankees, you know, David Cohn interviewing for the Yankees pitching uh coach position. You know what I mean? Um we'll see how that works out as far as that's concerned. But I think the Yankees gotta, you know, worry about trying to get their hands on Gary Cole. If they can get Gary Cole and they're going to have to spend for him. Cole, that would be okay because you can get a guy like a Jake Odorizzi. You can get a Madison Bumgarner, you know. Um, I think that what the Yankees have to do is they have to kind of like shore it up behind the plate as well because Gary Sanchez, he's got to really step it up defensively, man. Gary Sanchez has got to step it up for real. For all of that, you know, with the bat, I, I you know, I don't – it's it's cool to have that, but my lineup my lineup can take care of that for me. I need you to be back there behind the plate defensively. I need Gary Sanchez to step it up on the defensive side because offensively we'll hold him down. You know what I mean? And he's going to give us home runs. He's going to give us home runs anyway. But I'd rather him step it up on the defensive side, man. So again, as far as that's concerned, man, there's some free agents out there. Hopefully, um, the Yankees can you know you know do what they need to do. I'm not worried about offense. I'm worried about pitching. Um, 
So let's make it happen. Um, Joe Girardi going to the Phillies wasn't really a big thing for me. I thought he would end up with the Mets. You know I mean, I think that would have been I think that would have been dope if he'd end up with the Mets. But he's out there in Philly, and we'll see what happens um, as far as um, that's concerned. Uh, we're gonna get out of here, man. This is after further review 2.0, aka the Soundbound Pass. We hope everybody enjoys their week, man. Um, we do what we do right here, Action VR Network. Wacko Bob holding me down. Shout out to my man Sonny Cruz. Shout out to um, Mike Summers. All right. Shout out to Chuck Skull. Everybody who holds it down at Action VR Network. All right. We're about to get up out of here. I'll talk to y'all next week. We're gonna start our best of the decade. All right. We'll start with the best World Series from 2010 to 2019, and uh, we'll get into the Super Bowl. So we'll have some conversations, all right? So we'll check y'all out next week, man. Action VR Network is the spot after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass of the show, all right? We out. Peace. I'll holler at y'all later. One.
Christmas.